Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Pastor Fields here, and yes, it is Wednesday. The Lord has blessed us uh, to come full circle and to come through another week. We pray that you all had a wonderful weekend and a wonderful Mother's Day, a day that we've set aside to honor our mothers. And of course, we should love and respect and honor our mothers at all times. But I thank God, uh, especially uh, for my mother, uh, for all of the love that she's shown and uh, for the Lord allowing her to still be with us. I thank God for that. Well, tonight, uh, we're here again as God's people, saints of God here at Greater Refuge Temple of Washington, D.C. and Refuge Temple Annex there in the Bronx. Uh, and to all of you who have connected with us as you do weekly, as we go into the word of the Lord, I thank God for all of you. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for this another opportunity to come together as your people. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would move in the midst of your word. Give us understanding, revelation, give us strength and healing. Whatever is needed, we know we can find it in your word. Bless everyone today that connects with this class. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, the Lord bless you. On tonight, I want to talk about something that so many of us, if not all of us, um, have thought about, prayed about, asked questions about, and, and even now, still, Sometimes that question may arise in your heart and in your spirit. Uh, and that question is, what is God's plan for my life? Uh, if you've never asked that question, uh, something's wrong. Uh, because even the most seasoned saint, every now and then will come right back to that question. Well, what is your plan? What is your will? And we're going to talk about that tonight. Uh, coming out of the book of Acts, chapter 22. And um, we'll use this as our anchor scripture for this evening. <clears throat> Excuse me. The book of Acts, chapter 22, verse number 10. Very familiar story and testimony of the Apostle Paul. Before he was Paul, you know, he was Saul. And uh, he wasn't in Christ. As a matter of fact, he was going around uh, persecuting those uh, who were serving Jesus. Uh, he would make it legal. He would go downtown and get uh, a writ from the magistrates to either pull the saints of God in jail or to even have them put to death. As a matter of fact, he testifies uh, to the fact that while they were stoning Stephen, Deacon Stephen, uh, he was holding the coats of them that were stoning him. Um, so let's get into this study because uh, we're going to base our study tonight on the question that Paul or Saul asked uh, at the very moment of his conviction uh, when the Lord was dealing with him heavily and beginning to change his life. Acts chapter 22, verse number 10. Um, 
Listen to what it says. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. So here's the question. What shall I do, Lord? What's your plan for me? Uh, I know I'm not worthy. I've, I've been out there doing whatever I wanted to do, and it wasn't all good. Uh, and now that I'm being converted, what what do you want me to do? What is your your plan? Um, so, listen. Uh, Saul's conversion it didn't just happen. It wasn't happenstance. There is no oops in God. Um, it wasn't by chance that he was converted on the Damascus road. He was on his way to Damascus to do the church of God even more damage. Uh, I believe, of course, that it was all by God's divine plan and purpose. Uh, let's, Acts chapter 9, verse number 15, listen to what it says. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. So it was a it was God's plan. I chose him. <laughs> yes. And I know people have issue uh, with you because you're in Christ now. Uh, but the Lord spoke up about Saul and said, I chose him. He's, this is my choice. Uh, so certainly uh, it was according to God's divine plan, God's plan, God's plan. God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for your life. Uh, so that's the title of the lesson on tonight, God's plan for our lives. Um, and if you don't know, certainly, if you don't know what God's plan is for your life, isn't it worth finding out? Isn't it worth finding out? You, you don't want to just sit in church or uh, sing in the choir or just uh, sit around and come to church or and, and never discover what God's plan is for your life? Uh, and, and this is a question, of course, <laughs> that you need an answer to. What is your plan? Uh, I don't just want to be a pew warmer. Uh, I don't just want to occupy a space in a building. But what is your plan for my life? God has a plan for my life. Put that in the comment section. God has a plan for my life. So let's dig deeper into this uh, because the Lord has a definite plan and purpose for the life of every one of his children. Let me say that again. God has a plan. He has a plan, a definite plan and purpose for the life of every one of his children. And I say that for three reasons. There are three reasons why uh, I say this and I believe this. Uh, um, and let's get into it. Number one, because it's, it's reasonable to expect it. Yeah, it's reasonable for me uh, to expect this. Um, God is a God of order. 
He's a God that has a method. He has his own way. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. He has his own way of doing things. And if we are building a, a house or someone is the, uh, designing a dress or a suit, they're going to work according to a pattern, according to a plan. And God is more orderly than we are. He's above and he has a plan. He does things according to his design. Uh, he does the same. He has a, he has a cut path for each and every one of his children. Um, so that's the first reason because I know that it's it's reasonable for me to expect this because God uh, is a God of order and He already knew what He wanted for my life before I was even born. Uh, the second reason um, I would say is because it is a according to experience it's according to experience and i'm saying this uh, because i'm thinking of abraham remember it says in the book of hebrews chapter 11 verses 8 through 10 listen to what it says by faith abraham when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance he obeyed and he went out not knowing whether he wants. So he obeyed God. I don't even know where you want me to go. God knows. He was following God's plan. Moses, the same way. Uh, the writer of Hebrews talks about Moses and says in verses 24 through 27, chapter 11 of Hebrews, 24 through 27, by faith Moses, when he was come to years, Refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. My Lord, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Says it about David. God had a plan for every single one of his children. I've got a plan for you. Hallelujah. We have to choose whether or not we're going to walk in his plan and walk in his way. First um, Chronicles. First Chronicles 17 and 7, Now therefore thus shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcote, even from following the sheep, that thou shouldest be ruler over my people Israel. God had a plan. I know what you're doing now. Hallelujah. But I'm going to take you from that to this. Yes, I've got a plan. I've already worked it out. Uh, Isaiah, the same, Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 8. Listen to what the word says. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Now, the Lord is asking a question, certainly, but he knows already what he wants to do. He just wants you to decide. Lord, am I, am I going to do what God wants me to do? Am I going to follow his plan? Moses followed his plan, and he forsakes Egypt. Hallelujah. Abraham leaves his father's house, 
Didn't even know where he was going, but God said go, and he said yes, Lord, and he followed God's plan. Jeremiah, the same way, Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 5 through 8, hear the word of the Lord, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee, and before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. <laughs> so God is telling Jeremiah, before you were born, I knew you were going to be a prophet. It was in my divine plan. Then said I, our Lord, God, behold, I cannot speak for I'm a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. So here, let's come back to Paul. He calls Saul of Tarsus. He already has a plan. Yep, I know he's going to condemn some of my children to death. He's going to be a thorn in, in the church's uh, flesh. He's going to be an issue, but I have plans for him, and I'm going to choose him to be an apostle to the Gentiles. I'm going to take you back to the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and to the children of Israel. So God has a definite plan and purpose for the life of all of his children. Why? because I believe it is reasonable to expect God to have a plan, because that's just the way he is. Two, because it's according to experience. Uh, we see it in the word of God, everyone he has chosen, hallelujah, he had a specific purpose or a specific plan, both male and female. I didn't use any, any women as an example, but there are examples in there. Uh, Mother the Mary, Mary, rather, the mother of Jesus. Thou shalt have a child and his call his name Jesus. Hallelujah. He knows who he's going to choose. He knows what purpose he's going to choose them for. Hallelujah. God has a plan for every single one of his children. The third reason is, after saying it is reasonable to believe it, uh, it's according to experience, the third reason is because God's word teaches us this. His word teaches us this very fact that God has a plan for every one of his children. Uh, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10, he says it like this, For we are his workmanship, mm -hmm, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Thank you, Lord, which God hath before ordained with God hath before ordained, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, if I compare it to what David writes in the book of Psalms, Psalm number 27, uh, verse 11, you'll find these words, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Show me the way you want me to go. Because I've got folks that don't want to see me prosper, don't want to see me uh, be blessed, don't want to see me work in the kingdom. So show me the way. Uh, Psalm 37, 23, David says, the steps of a good man 
They are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. David writes again in the 73rd Psalm, verse number 24, thou shalt guide me without thy counsel and afterward receive me <laughs> to glory. Guide me with your counsel. And when you're done using me, Lord, receive me into glory. I love God's word. Psalm 148, David writes again in verse number eight. He says it like this, fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word. I'm going to read that again. Fire and hail, snow and vapor, stormy wind fulfilling his word. And David is saying no matter what, hallelujah, through hell, high water, snow, vapor, the wind might be blowing strongly, but God's word, hallelujah, is going to be fulfilled in my life. If you believe that tonight, you receive it, put it in the comment section. God's word is going to be fulfilled in my life. Yes, Solomon writes in the book of Proverbs, chapter number three, verse number six, in all thy ways, we must acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. There's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, show me the way. Lord, what is your will? Lord, what is your plan and your purpose for my, if you don't know, ask the Lord, seek him. Hallelujah, lay on your face before God. I must know. What is the plan? Hallelujah. I must know. Is your hand on me? Hallelujah. Proverbs 15 and 19, the way of the slowful man is an hedge of thorns, but the way of the righteous is made plain. Proverbs 16 and 3, if I commit my works unto the Lord, hallelujah, and thy thought shall be established. Listen again, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit your works to him and what God has placed in your heart, in your mind, the visions that you see within you that God has placed there, uh, the word of God says it shall be established. Hallelujah. It's all in God's word. God's word teaches us that he has a plan, that he has a purpose. Isaiah chapter 6, I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Here is the answer that was given to the prophet. And he said, Go and tell this people. Hear ye indeed, but understand not, and see ye indeed, but perceive not. Hallelujah. Go, go and prophesy. Go and speak my word. Hallelujah. That's my plan. Isaiah chapter 30, verse number 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. When ye turn to the right, Hand, and when you turn to the left, hallelujah, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Walk ye in it. 
want to give you a New Testament scripture because we're talking about the fact that God's word teaches that God has a plan for our lives. James chapter 1, verse number 5. And if you don't know, if you don't know, James is telling you, ask God. If any man lacks wisdom, hallelujah, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. James is saying, if you don't know, Lord, what should I do? How do I do it? What is your plan? Hallelujah. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Ask, and it shall be given. So we have to notice then that there are uh, a few characteristics as it pertains to God's plan for our lives. Uh, and let's talk about the plan uh, because there's, there are a few characteristics that we can highlight as it relates to God's plan, God's will, if you please, God's direction, number one, um, and we'll pull out three. The first one is that uh, it's a personal plan. It's a personal plan. Um, listen uh, to the word of God. Listen to the word of God found in chapter 9 of the book of Acts, verse number 4. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? So uh, notice the personal pronouns uh, in that verse. Hallelujah. He fell to the earth and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Um, you and me, if we, if we use today's English, would be the two personal pronouns in that verse. Uh, so there's no one else in the world like you. There was no one else like Saul. And there's no one else in the world like you. Proof of that is every one of us has different uh, fingerprints. No person on this earth has the same fingerprint. Isn't that amazing? There's millions of us in the world, and no one has the same fingerprint. We're all individual. We're all different. So he's dealing with Saul. He fell to the earth, heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Hallelujah. So the fact that God had a plan for Saul, uh, I would say it, it, it was unique because it was only for Saul. This is his assignment. This is what I want him to do. Uh, so you have to understand as it relates to you mm -hmm, uh, that God's plan for you is unique because there's only one of you. It is not only unique, but it is personal. It's personal, just for you. Hallelujah, just for you, just for you. Put it in the comment section, God's plan just for me, just for me. Hallelujah, it's personal. He has a purpose in your life that he wants to fulfill in you and with you. God has a purpose that he wants to fulfill in you and with you. 
and it cannot be fulfilled in and with the life of any other person. Hallelujah. I felt that. What God wants to do for you and through you cannot be done through anyone else because it's designed just for you. Yes, it's God's plan for your life. We're trying to get that question answered. What is God's plan? Have you ever prayed? What is your plan? What is your will? What do you want me to do? So that's the first characteristic of God's plan. Number one, it's personal. It is a personal plan. It is unique to myself. It's God's plan for my life. Now, the second characteristic of this plan is the fact that it's a perfect plan. Why? Because the one that created the plan is perfect. There's no shadow of turning within him. God's plan is a perfect plan. I want to take you to the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse number two. And it says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will or plan of God? My Lord. Now listen, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I have to let you know that that verse really should never be read uh, without connecting it to the first verse. We always jump to that second verse, but it should really only be read in conjunction with Romans 12 and 1. So I'm going to start at the first verse. Listen, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we're told right here through the teachings of Paul uh, that the will of God or the plan of God for our lives and purpose in the lives of all of his children, it is good, it is pleasing. Mm -hmm. And it is perfect. Hallelujah. It is good. It is acceptable or pleasing. And it is perfect. Yes. Good. Acceptable. And perfect. So, it is a personal plan. It is a perfect plan. And the third characteristic that I want to glean on is the fact that it is a practical plan. It's a practical plan. It's workable. Oh, yes. If God gave it to you, I don't care how difficult it may look, how far-fetched it may seem, how unprepared you may think you are. It's practical. It's doable. Oh, yes. It's workable. It is thoroughly workable. It's related to everyday living and service. <laughs> it's not a plan that only sounds good and pleasing and perfect uh, theoretically, but it is 
it proves to be so in experience. What do you mean? Well, tie it into what I'm, I already said. There are the people in the word of God that God had a plan for and he worked it out. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. So I don't care who says it can't be done. If it's God's plan for you, it's practical. It's doable. It's good. It's pleasing. It's perfect. Yes. And it shall be God's plan. God's plan. What you going to do? I'm doing whatever God's plan is for my life. And listen, what he has for me is even better than what I want for myself. If I delight myself in him, my desires will become his desires. And he'll give me the desires in my heart. So the most important thing in life is to discover God's plan. The most important thing in life really is to discover God's plan and purpose for your life. I'm going to say it again. The most important thing in life is to discover what God's plan and purpose is for our lives, my life, your life. Hallelujah. So remember it is a perfect plan. It is a personal plan and it is a practical plan. Let's go to Acts chapter 9, verse number 5. And uh, we're talking about the fact that the most important thing in life is to discover God's plan for our lives. Chapter 9 of Acts, verse number 5, we're talking about, and we're, we're right in the midst of Saul's conversion where the Lord is dealing with him. And he said, Who art thou, Lord? Remember, he's on the road to Damascus and uh, he sees a bright light and he's knocked off of his beast. Hallelujah. And he sees the bright light and he hears the voice. And the Bible says uh, he was the only one that heard the voice. Hallelujah. There are others around him uh, and he's blinded now and he's listening uh, to this voice. He says, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutest, it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Hallelujah. There's, a, there's an old play when I was a youngster that came out on Broadway. Then the name of the play was Your Arms Are Too Short to Box with God. <laughs> and, and the Lord is telling him, man, you've been fighting against me, but it's hard to kick against the pricks. You're not going to win this battle. I don't care how much dirt you do or how far out you go out. You're not going to win this this battle, I want you and I'm going to get you. Hallelujah. I'm God. Uh, and, and here it's all going through this conversion. Hallelujah. Uh, and it's obvious, but it's, it's, it's sadly true that some people fail to discover what God's plan and purpose is for their life. Uh, and in consequence, their whole life will be filled with disappointment and defeat, frustration, and even failure. But how wonderful it is to feel that we are achieving something that is really worthwhile and to know that we're doing it, we're living it. Hallelujah. So everyone that comes to a place of conversion, a place of change, uh, that person that was once living a self-planned life now 
is is getting or has the opportunity to walk in the plan of God. And this is what happened to Saul. Saul was up, uh, he was up there doing his own thing until his time of conversion. Uh, and this is where we are in his life story. Hallelujah. Doing his thing, doing what, you know, how some people's living his best life, but you don't know what the best life is until you found Jesus. Or I should say until Jesus has come to find you. Uh, because before we knew Christ, we were making decisions and choices, but uh, that proved to be so wrong. Hallelujah. Yes. And this is Jesus talking to, to Paul, talking back to him. My name is Jesus, whom you've been persecuting. <laughs> and it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. My God. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? What's the plan? What's the plan? Uh, I want to take you to John now, chapter 21, verse number three. Uh, where it says, and, and here uh, we're, we're talking just for a brief second about Peter. It says, Simon Peter saith unto them, I go a fishing. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a sheep, ship rather immediately. And that night they caught nothing, right? So here's another incident where Peter was fishing all night with the fellows, and that night they caught nothing. Hallelujah. Uh, and the rest of that story, after after Jesus came around and told them exactly what to do, uh, they were throwing it over on one side. He said, go to the other side uh, and drop your nets. We have to follow God's plan. Hallelujah. Because a lot of the things we've been doing, it wasn't working. And sometimes the things that we think are working on our behalf is really a detriment, uh, so we need to follow God's plan. The blessings of the Lord will make us rich, and it will add no sorrow. There's nothing greater or more comforting than to know that we are in the center of God's will. And every one of us can know just that. Every one of us. Every one of us. So we enter into God's plan um, when we accept and acknowledge that Christ is, is Lord. And, and let's take it all the way. We enter into his plan when we receive his salvation. Yes. <laughs> when, we, when we give up and say, Lord, be, I want you to be Lord of my life. And this is when Saul entered into the plan of God, when he submitted to what the Lord was telling him to do. Yes, let's read it. Let's stay, let's stay with it. Uh, Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse number 6. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said, get up, go to the city, and it will be and that shall be told thee what thou must do. You got to get up from here, go into the city, and you'll be told exactly what to do. I'm going to take you to chapter 9 again. Go down to verse 8. It says, And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into 
Damascus. So the Lord revealed himself to Saul, saying, I'm Jesus. I'm your Savior. I'm going to save you. Let's, let's look up now Matthew 1, uh, the gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 1, verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So the Lord is speaking to him and saying, my name is Jesus. <laughs> my name is Savior. I'm going to save you. This is, why, this is why you're here. I'm going to save you, and I have a plan. I have a plan for your life. Jesus doesn't, he doesn't just save to save. Every person that receives his salvation, it is a deliberate action of God. You say yes to the Lord and he saves you and he has a purpose for every one of his children. A plan. A plan. So here is Saul entering in to the salvation of God. Being converted and on his way, stepping into the plan that God has for his life. So, um, and listen, I... I I don't want you to get the impression that the Lord is only interested or was only interested in Saul after he was converted. No, he loves us. He loves all of us. He loves all of us. But understand, and there is a scripture that says he wants all men to be saved. That's his will. It's up to us to say yes to the Lord and do what he said. Listen, every illustration that I gave you, when the Lord dealt with them, they had to make a decision. Am I going to follow God's voice, follow his word, or deny his instruction? Hallelujah. He really entered in. Once Saul started obeying the voice of the Lord, he was entering into his plan, walking into the will of God. I guess our, our decision should always be to be in God's will. I want to be in your will. We should pray that prayer. Lord, I want to be in your will. Hallelujah. Even Jesus taught us how to pray it and said, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And we go on to discover and we continue in God's plan by daily submitting to him and asking him to reveal his will daily submitting to him, not just Sunday, not just when it's time to go to church, but daily submitting to him. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your path. So he has a whole plan for my life. He has a whole plan for your entire life. He has the plan, hallelujah. But he only reveals that plan a piece at a time, a bit at a time. The word of God teaches us that Psalm number 37, verse number 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. And God knows the ending of my journey to beginning of the journey. Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, 
For I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end, hallelujah, from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. I love God's word. Now, the human condition, um, which has to be met, if we are to know and to do God's will, listen, is complete submission to God and a strong desire to obey him. This is the condition that I have to place myself under. I have to completely submit to him and obey his voice. And I would dare say even to have a desire to obey him. Take you back to the book of Acts, chapter 22, verse number 10. And I said, this is what Saul said to Jesus on the Damascus road. What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there it shall be told thee of all things which are appointed for thee to do. So this inquiry, this question uh, as to what God's will is involves four things, right? We're talking about God's plan for our lives and the fact that he has a plan for every single one of his children. And we're making it personal. Lord, I want to walk in your will. What is your plan for my life? So um, in order to discover this, we have to continue in God's plan. We first stated as a daily submission to him, right? And we're praying that he will reveal his will and he does it bit by bit as we go along, bit by bit, uh, so, in this inquiry, as was stated, uh, it involves four things. Hallelujah. Number one, communion with him in prayer. I've got to, I have to stay in prayer. I have to commune or fellowship with him in prayer. Um, let's, let's take you to a prayer that David prayed. Psalm 27 Psalm 27, and I'll take you to the 11th verse where it says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. And um, it's when we know what it is to regularly go into prayer. I don't mean just praying once in a while, but when we develop a habit of prayer, it be, prayer becomes a... a part of my life and we regularly go into a secret place where we're talking to the Lord, uh, you'll discover that the Lord will start revealing things to you little by little, step by step. Hallelujah. Teach me thy way, O Lord. Uh, so that's the first characteristic or the first uh, of four things that we'll talk about as it relates to discovery of the plan. Um, communion with him in prayer. The second one, I have to stay in his word. Meditate on his word. Search his word. If you know his word, you'll discover his will, right? And we already said his will or his plan is good. It is acceptable. 
and it is perfect. So, as it relates to discovering that plan, I have to pray consistently and I have to study or meditate on his word and search the scriptures. So, um, listen to my notes, how wonderfully all the saints of God have been led as they have read and submitted their lives to the commands and guidance of the word of God. So, um, in the book of Psalms, the 119th Psalm is a, is a piece of music that was written entirely devoted to God's word, his word. Psalm 119, and the 105th verse says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hallelujah. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So it's communing in prayer, staying in his word, searching his word, studying his word, meditating on his word. And let's add to this unquestionable obedience. <laughs> Don't talk back to God. Don't fuss at his instruction, but get up and do it. Say yes, Lord. I would say prompt and unquestioning obedience. You have, a, you have some children, you ask them to do something and they, oh, okay, I'll do it when I'm ready. Uh, okay, I'll do it later. No, you got to learn how to get up and, and go when God says go. Do what God says do. God reveals his will or his plan as we obey him. Yeah. You don't believe me? Let's go to 1 Samuel. I'll show you in the word. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse number 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Hallelujah. He only does it a step at a time. Saul had to go into a city before the Lord told him the next step. I'll give you the plan, but before I tell you, you I want to see if you're going to obey me. Get up and go into Damascus. Hallelujah. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Do it when I tell you to do it. He does it a step at a time. And Saul had to go into the city before God told him the next step that he wanted him to take. Acts 9 and 6. Let's go back there. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, go, arise and go into the city and, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So, Communing in prayer, studying, meditating, searching the word of God, prompt and unquestioning obedience. Hallelujah. The fourth thing is I have to trust God completely and totally. I've got to trust him. I've got to trust God completely. Listen, uh, 
I use a GPS in my car, as I'm sure many of you. But do you know there have been times when I've used the GPS in my car and it brought me to the wrong street or it brought me to a dead end street because because the GPS that I was using had not been updated and streets have been changed or things have been added and rearranged and the GPS was not updated. So I got to the wrong place, hallelujah, or went down the wrong area or came to a dead end. Uh, and some of us have more faith in the GPS than we do God, hallelujah. God will never take me to the wrong place. I might not like the street I'm driving down, but he will always get me there. So I have to have complete and implicit trust. We can, we can rarely trace God working in our lives. We are living by faith and not by sight. We are living by faith and not by sight. Hallelujah. So a lot of times God will say something and you can't, you can't trace it. Hallelujah. You just got to trust him. Where's this coming from? Why, why are you taking me this way? You just got to trust him. Why you want me to leave my father's house? You won't even tell me what street to go to. Just come out. I want to see if you have enough faith to come on out. Then I'll let you know. By the by, hallelujah. So even when you can't trace him, trust him. Hallelujah. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. So what am I saying? This means that we have to trust God. The Lord chose Saul to be a chosen instrument. And Saul had to trust him in all that he permitted in his life, whether it was suffering, whether it was uh, being stoned, whether it was being in prison. What are you talking about, Fields? You got to trust God no matter how things look. If I'm in the plan of God, all things work together for them that love the Lord and those who have been called according to his purpose. So that means we have to trust him. God chose Saul. You're going to have to go through some things, but you are my chosen one, my chosen instrument. So no matter what happens, trust me, trust me, trust me, trust me. Second Corinthians, we're going to read a little bit about uh, Paul's testimony after he received Christ, after he walks in the plan of God, second Corinthians Chapter 11, verses 24 through 28, when we're reading the testimony of a man who gave his life to, to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, I'm going to walk in your will and in your plan. He says, of the Jews five times received I 40 stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep and journeyings, often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, 
in painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. And beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. So in, in, in the midst of walking in God's will, I'm going through all of these things, but I'm good. <laughs> I'm good because there's no better place to be than in the will of God. Hallelujah. So you've got to remember that God's will often uh, allows or gives permission of life's testings. So think it not strange when you uh, find yourself in fiery trials or temptations. The trying of your faith, it will work patience. So you have to remember that God's plan includes his permission for life's testings. Being saved does not exempt you from trial and tribulation. Hallelujah. No, but I have a God on my side that can bring me through and bless me no matter what state I'm in. I can be content. First Peter chapter four, let's go there. First Peter chapter four, verses 12 through 13. Beloved, don't think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. But rejoice. Hallelujah, inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. Let's go down to verse 19, that same chapter, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19, wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God Commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. Don't backslide just because you're having a trial. Don't walk out on God just because things are not going the way that you want them to go. Stay in the plan of God. Hallelujah. Stay in the plan of God. Stay in the way of God. Hallelujah. Commit to the keeping of your souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. And remember who you belong to. Hallelujah. I'm going to follow his will. I'm going to stay in his will because I want to receive every benefit that comes by being his child. And remember, and I'm closing out with this, that God's plan for our life, God's plan for your life and my life is an eternal one. Yes, and um, perhaps in, in listening to everything that I've said so far, uh, you're saying um, this, this might be a, a good theme for someone perhaps who just got saved, you know, uh, maybe a young person that's got, seems like they have a whole life in front of you. Uh, hallelujah. And, and perhaps is equally thrilling um, for a very old saint or very old mother, uh, for all of us who belong to the Lord, um, all of us that belong to the Lord have a glorious eternity before us. And so what I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter if you're a young saint or an old saint or an in-between, it doesn't matter your age, how young or old you are, chronologically or spiritually, 
Hallelujah. Everyone has a plan. You could be 80 years old and just got the Holy Ghost. God has a plan. Yes, God has a plan for your life. And God's plan has an earthly part and a heavenly part. Listen, listen to my notes. The earthly part is like the foundation of a building. The heavenly part can be likened to the structure of the building. So, um, listen to my notes. We're apt to have a very limited conception of God's plan. When a child of God dies at the age of 30 or 40, we say, what a tragedy. Mm -hmm. What it is from Earth's limited, and it is from from our limited visibility, but God's loving plan for his child is an eternal plan. It doesn't matter how long you live, how long your life is, or how short your life is, God's plan is eternal. And I hope I expressed that so you could understand it. So I'll take you back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship created in Christ unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And I'll tie it in with 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Let's tie it in with 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I'll close here. Verses 7 through 8. This is Paul when, as he comes to the end of his journey, realizing that he has fulfilling whatever God's purpose was in his life. He feels it. He feels like the curtain is about to close. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that also love his appearing. So God's plan for my life is eternal. Hallelujah. Yes. Whatever his plan is for your life, it's an eternal plan. Hallelujah. And his plan is not just for what you do here on earth, my Lord. But God has plans for you in the heavens as well. Hallelujah. So don't limit that concept of God's plan. Don't, don't put anything in the box. God's plan for you is an eternal plan. I want to be in your plan. I want to be found in God's will. Yes, if it's not in your will, Father, help me to get in it. Help me to leave the things that are not according to your will and walk in your will. I want to pray a special prayer for you. And I know perhaps you have come to this question um, time and time again, and I've tried to help you a little bit on this evening, but I want to pray a special prayer with you. Pray with me, won't you? Father, we ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that you would give us clear direction. Hallelujah. Show us the way. Show us what your will is. She's been praying for a while. 
He's been asking for days, Lord, what is your will? What would you have me to do? I know you didn't save me just to sit in this building. Where should I go? What should I say? Hallelujah. I'm willing to do it, Lord. I totally and completely surrender all to you. Hallelujah. That it be your will, Lord, not mine. Give me the strength. Give me the courage. Give me the wisdom, I ask in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless you tonight. I wish I was able to express it the way I was feeling it in my spirit, but I'm sure we'll come back to it. I'm sure we'll come back to this. What is God's plan in my life, in your life? I want to be found, Lord, in your will. You have a special need of prayer. Perhaps you have not even given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us know. Send that request to us, admin at grtdc.org. And either myself or someone from our staff will get back to you and tell you what you need to do. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, want to be filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. If you want to plant seed in this ministry, oh yes, pay your tithes and plant a seed in this ministry. You may do so. Our technician will put that on the screen for you. Follow those instructions. Those of you who are uh, attending Bible study, perhaps sitting there at the Refuge Temple Annex, you may use Givelify. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who are about to plant seed in this ministry. Bless them. Oh God, the seed, as they plant and bring forth harvest, bless their homes, their lives, their children, their loved ones. Oh God, open up the windows of heaven and pour them out blessings upon blessings, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've taken enough of your time, but I want to thank you for allowing me to come into your living rooms and your cars, your offices, wherever you may be. I pray that the word of the Lord has found you right there and has blessed your soul on tonight. Until next week, if the Lord says so, we'll meet again. and Let's see what God has to say to us through his word. Until then, I want you to be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom. Shalom.